this week i'll be discussing indian philosophy with you and various schools of indian philosophy and those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a long time would remember that probably around a year ago i discussed certain schools of thought but i imagine it's not a bad idea to keep visiting these good ideas from time to time and uh, this is what i'm going to do starting with the charvak school of philosophy or the materialist school of philosophy and uh, which is what i'm going to discuss today so this school of philosophy it's called charvak school and it's quite old it's really really old in fact uh, some of the ideas are found in terms of scriptures they are found even before the times of buddha or many of the hindu texts were written and uh, once again i would like to remind you that in indian religions indian philosophical systems a lot of times there has been a culture of questioning the idea of god for example certain religions like jainism or buddhism as such there is no idea of god and therefore this whole thought process of a world without god or in modern parlance the the materialistic idea of the world that's not really uncommon in indian philosophical schools and uh, one school which takes this idea to complete extreme of materialism is that of charvak school now the challenge that you face while studying charvak school is as such we don't have direct texts attributed to charvak philosophers what you find is some kind of secondary references from other schools and a lot of times these in these references what you find is these philosophers are criticizing the idea of charvaks so one might argue that these people are misrepresenting the charvak views and that could be the case but then that is all we have and therefore we have to tread very very carefully when we read the charvak views which is what i'm going to do here i'm not going to discredit charvaks i'm going to give them the benefits of doubt and uh, a lot of you might 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 just think that i'm giving them too much a benefit of doubt but i think uh, we have to be fair so let's start with their basic assumptions what is their idea the metaphysical underpinnings of charvak school to understand that we have to start with what does a charvak consider the valid source of knowledge and uh, in a charvak's case there is only one valid source of knowledge that is your own perception so to make this whole idea a little simpler when we seek truth in our day to day lives we rely on a number of sources for example a scientist makes a discovery in that case we are relying on the testimony of the scientist 
as well as the evidence that we have been provided with. But in Charvak's case, you have to understand that Charvak does not consider these as valid sources of knowledge. To him, what he sees, what he observes by himself, that is the truth. Other than that, if he hasn't seen the moon, he hasn't been on the moon, he won't believe in it. And uh, that, that is the kind of philosophy I'm sure some of you would have seen in this Bollywood movie called Aankhudeki, where the pro- protagonist, this, he goes into this mode where he just refuses to believe anything that he is not observing by himself. And he says that, you know, this is the only truth. What is in front of me, what I can see, testify, validate, that is the only truth. And that is something the Charvaks believe. And one might wonder, it makes your life really, really complicated. Because a lot of things you are not going to experience yourself. A lot of things you are not going to experiment with or learn um, by first-hand experience. And still, we acquire knowledge through different different sources. But a Charvak does not do that. And uh, here, once again, as I said, I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt. Especially when some people critique them that uh, this view is really materialistic and really superficial. I think... It's quite interesting, it's, it's quite deep and spiritual in some ways that you experience yourself. You don't go by somebody else's testimony. For example, in religion's case, what we do is we go by somebody else's testimony and we believe that. In fact, in many scientific matters, we go by other people's observations. But... If you think about it, if you think about the subjective experiences that we have in our lives, if you just consider them, the quality of life, the subjective quality of life, it purely depends upon how you perceive them, how you experience them. And if we just take those things into account, your life might become actually very simple. You don't go by other people's opinions. If you look at a color and it makes you happy, if you look at the sky, for example, and you feel happy, that's good enough. You don't have to go by the opinions of thousands of people who might disagree and say that you have to have certain celebrations in order to be happy. You just go by your own perceptions. Of course, then the criticism might arise that your own perceptions, sometimes they might fool you. As we have seen in the case of virtual reality, how how we work on the perceptions, how we kind of manipulate them. And uh, what we are doing there is tricking a person into believing something which is not really the reality. And the same thing happens in your dreams. You think you are somewhere, you are experiencing it, Because that is what your perceptions are telling you right away. That is not really the reality. But I think the Charvaks, or 
to chavaks this does not really matter to them if they are in a dream and experiencing that that's fine they would say as long as we experience this as long as this is this is the truth in front of us that's fine and uh, we don't really have to have an objective view of the world we might not have an uh, objective reality at all there might be infinite subjective realities who knows so from a charvak's perspective the idea is just about your own subjective view of life and how that goes and now there is there's also an interesting point about charvak's philosophy it's that so when we are discussing this philosophy for example i am speaking something or in some cases i'll be writing something and then you'll be decoding those words or sounds and then interpreting them according to your own understanding and that is not really a valid source of knowledge to a charvak so somebody who follows this charvak philosophy if he believes in it if he is trying to teach this philosophy through words through expressions he's actually going against the very idea of this this philosophy and that's the irony here and i think that's that's the main catch here that is the problem we don't find a lot of charvak texts because when you pursue this philosophy you're not going to teach anything apart from just observe just use your perceptions and live your life you don't have to learn anything you don't have to follow anything there are no teachings there are no lessons to believe here it's just that you are being aware and you're living life as it is and that's also the life many modern materialists live nothing wrong with that in fact uh, metaphysically speaking this view is very close to the modern scientific view of uh, reality so when when it comes to consciousness this is a very very difficult question of course but uh, to the extent that we have an understanding of it in terms of uh, the based on scientific evidence the understanding that we have a lot of scientists believe that consciousness as such is not really some kind of soul that is residing inside a body but it's a it's a byproduct of the material body that we have and it has evolved over many many generations millions of years and then eventually human beings developed this consciousness so this this idea of me being an observer me being me my consciousness to many scientists this idea is is a kind of illusion which is a byproduct of our evolution so matter came first it is our primary reality and then that matter's byproduct is the consciousness but on the other hand when you consider the religious view in most of the religions it's the opposite the consciousness or god or whatever you call it that comes first 
and then comes the material reality first came the god then his creation or first came the consciousness first there is this consciousness universal and then out of that evolved the matter and matter evolved into a lot of things including you and i so in religious philosophies first comes the consciousness out of that emerges the matter but in terms of materialistic philosophy or the modern scientific philosophy matter came first it evolved and eventually we got as a byproduct the consciousness and this view is pretty much aligned with the modern scientific view and uh, that's why it's um, it's it's got a lot of appeal to those people who are of the scientific temperament who are very very rational and uh, they don't have any problem with this view some people also argue that uh, with this kind of view you might have really really selfish hedonistic tendencies because if you are just considering the materialistic world all you're going to do is chase materialist pleasures pleasures of your senses and then you're going to fall into that trap you'll never find the real meaning in life you'll never find the depth in it i think there is some truth in that but there is also a problem if somebody who is not really contemplating the idea of an afterlife and uh, is really looking forward to a good life here on earth even then then they can aspire to have a meaningful life even spiritual life and in in a lot of spiritual traditions in the eastern part of the world you'll find uh, this kind of attitude for example in buddhism you don't really care too much about the afterlife but you work on certain meditations you work on certain practices that you improve your life you improve the quality of your life here on earth so it's not necessary that uh, if you have that view that you're not really caring about afterlife you are going to have a meaningless life and you're going to have those life crises of all sorts those may or may not happen but of course i'm not saying there are no problems with this view there are of course very very practical problems how are you going to study how are you going to work around your way in this world if you if you are not going to learn from others and uh, if you are not going to consider other sources of knowledge at some point this looks like an idealist view of living your life you observing everything you taking it moment by moment day by day and some people might practice it and some people might enjoy it but i think the challenge is majority of people are not going to accept this view in their lives they might accept it to the extent that uh, they seek materialist pleasures but beyond that just relying on your own perceptions to validate any kind of truth i don't think that's ever going to happen at least that hasn't happened so far but at least philosophically speaking theoretically speaking and you should even try it practically sometime just go by your perceptions for a day don't consider 
anybody else's words if you if you have any kind of question for example should you tell the truth or should you hurt somebody or should you be kind to other person consider making your own choices based on your own perceptions and your own mind whatever other people's opinions are keep them aside and navigate in your own way and some of you would find this exercise really really heavy so don't try in that case but if you find it interesting if you find it worth a try you should do it <laughs>